Welcome to the Dynasty Think Tank. I am Chad Parsons. He is Jordan McMahon. We share our research, experience, and acumen to build dynasty winners and unlock ceiling outcomes. Now is the time to seek elite results. Post week three, and we got big three thoughts coming out for our dynasty teams and analysis. First one, how about Mr. Joe Burrow? Or as a friend of ours says, average Joe, because he's certainly not producing like average Joe uh, this year. He's going to be limited. Fortunately, you know, you can wipe your brow if you're a Bengals fan. He got through that game. They're trying to be competitive in the AFC in their division, but the fantasy results are going to create this interesting chasm of, well, he's playing, but you can't feel super comfortable starting him. He's got two touchdowns, two picks in three games, not running, not moving at all. And he used to do it a requisite. I can kind of hang with some, with a bunch of quarterbacks out there amount. So Burrow is in this interesting category of dynasty asset versus dynasty lineup decision and lineup impact player because those two things are in divergence so he represents a number of players jordan but i mean how can you feel about joe burrow other than i'd like to go trade for him if there's a discount in the macro that we talked about actually we'll we'll mention that on after hours but with joe burrow the starting lineup figure it's an interesting decision with some of these players that are underperforming we don't really see a lot of avenues for them improving yeah um you know I had my my college roommate actually reached out to me and was like, uh, he's a big Josh Allen fan, real big Josh Allen fan. And he was absolutely frustrated as all get up watching the game the other night because they were saying about how making all these excuses for Joe Burrow and the limitations of his calf. And he was like, Josh Allen tore his UCL last year. And, you know, everyone thought he sucked. It was just an interesting treatment of the two of them. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's interesting that, like, I'm not sure where this is going to go from a dynasty perspective. He can't really go down that much. There's not people coming to take that job. But I do think if you're if you have a trade that can help a team potentially contend, I do think it's a business like that's the right business to be in. Always moving up at quarterbacks when these guys become available, moving in that direction, you know, always. You know, that that should be and we talked on Deeper Dive this week about there should be themes for weeks and when you're in trades and be really good at them. Um, always be in the business of getting those guys right. Always be in that business. And I think he's he's one. Right. I mean, Dak Prescott's another one like uh, who's I think is a tear down in Dynasty, but be in the business of depressed guys. Again, I think it'll come back. Right. When you look, his expect his uh, points per drop back expectation is 0.37 points per drop back. He's at 0.22. I mean, that's a really, really, I mean, that's one of the three or four worst performances versus expectation of any guy. I mean, I think he's limited. Um, I'm not a tape guy, but I was watching the game and I'm like, he has no fastball, right? He I mean, shot, it's, it's shot like, putting it right. He yeah, he got absolutely there. no fastball. And um, it's like if you ask Brock Purdy to throw a 50 yard bomb, like they don't do that because they're not comfortable with it. And I think you saw in that game, they're not calling it for Burrow because he's not comfortable. And frankly, they aren't comfortable with him doing it. So, yeah. 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 So I, I think he's, I think he's an, again, I, I, you're going to get guys that are going to fluctuate, right? Injuries are going to happen. Poor performance can have variance is going to happen when it does. And it gotta drops prices. You've yeah. got to be in, right? You've got to be in. And he's not a guy that we're, you know, we've never, we think he's a tier down below the guys. We jump, we go higher, right? We, we shoot higher 
than him a, a quarterback generally uh, when we're making trades we want to go to the Allen Burrow the apex predator tier right. of of the quarterbacks um, but I do think he's if he's cheap access to a super max guy a first round guy if he's you know you know 80 90 percent of what he cost in in June I, I think that that is something that you need to do. And especially if you can sell high on some guys in doing that, right? That's a great, I mean, that's a really good process, even if it might hurt a little bit lineup wise in the meantime. Well, the other thing is, you know, the dip, like Burrow, like play out the next 12 to 18 months. And let's say, I think one good example, you have a big riser like Jordan Love. Like, let's say Love and a reasonable plus is getting you close to Burrow now. Like, let's say that's the world we live in. You know, Love is probably going to outproduce him for, I don't know, a stretch here for sure. I mean, if Burrow gets healthy, it's going to be later in the season. I mean, we could have more games like this where it's one touchdown, zero touchdowns, whether the Bengals are winning or losing, you know, that that it just doesn't look good fantasy-wise. And Jordan Love, you know, can put up some big games. He's mobile. Like, he has a lot of perks in that capacity. But you're talking about who is more likely at finding an opportunity on a Mahomes and Allen, a Herbert insert, whatever, whatever you're going for, who's going to get you there in, in, in circumstances in that time? Well, all Burrow needs to do is kind of get healthy, you know, get healthy. And he's probably going to revert back and get you close to there. And, and let's be fair. Jordan love will have a very tough task to ever do that. I mean, the pluses are, might have to be, you know, multiple firsts, maybe even more than that. I mean, and Burrow, it may not even be a single first if you strike at the right moment. So, and you just have to be open to this and patient. The other thing is patient. Like, the, I don't know about you, Jordan. The thing I do more often than I used to ever do is kind of think, is now the right time? The type of move that I'm making right now is now the right time? Because you may want to go out there and and buy high. Again, there's certain players that you buy high, but like, just ask yourself, this may not be, like now is the time for Joe Burrow. And, and, I'm not saying next week or two weeks from now, you know, he keeps putting up these games. It might not be the time as well. But one thing I mentioned on the the after hours is like Jamar Chase is a good example. You know, some stinkers. The moment he puts up a you know big game, he just did. That's it. Show's over. You know, so if the slow start is fine, but the moment they show their typical stuff, that's it. Like there's no weak weak owner and weak moment anymore. So just know that there's weak moments now. I mean, if you're the borough owner, you're like, what what am I doing? Like, I thought he was going to be a critical element. And I mean, where is the big bounce back game? You know, the typical, even a couple touchdowns with no rushing. I mean, it's not going to be great. So just strike on that. Offer them something that, again, you may hurt a little bit right now, but over the next three years in macro, you're probably going to benefit fivefold. You just have to be, again, and I don't think either one of us are technically the biggest Burrow fans. But we know where he can get you in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is why you, you stash. Other, game, and this right? is why, you, well, this is why you stash other quarterbacks too, right? I mean, if you have a Purdy, if you have a Geno Smith, heck, if you have a Jameis Winston right now on your roster, you may be a lot more uh, open to taking on a Burrow and selling off whoever was your QB two right now, and taking that quote unquote lump because you have somebody, or even a Josh Dobbs or whatever. The point is, you've hit on something that was almost free previously, and now you might start that over Burrow. In the short term, you bridge it together, you'll be fine. All right. Uh, next one, CJ Stroud. Talk about, you know, a guy moving in a different direction. CJ Stroud is one of the hot, hot names out there. He's probably considered in the top 10 or so dynasty quarterbacks because you know what? Life comes at you fast, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. And CJ Stroud having, uh, again, I, I think watching these games, and I don't know how many people have been watching Houston Texans games, but he is accumulating a, like, 
in catch-up mode, again, it all counts. Every single yard counts. But he has looked good within that prism. Now, does that translate into more competitive environments? What's your kind of general view on CJ Stroud, the profile three games in here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's interesting, right? I think it's interesting. And again, I, I one of the things that we um, I think you always got to be careful about preseason, right? I think there's a a rush to react preseason, uh, and you know, one of my concerns, and it it was my concerns with actually both Stroud and Bryce Young, was how do these guys have the weaponry to amplify what they're going to do, right? Because we've seen over and over and over again that it's really, really hard for quarterbacks to produce if they don't have players, right? I mean, the difference between Mac Jones and Joe Burrow <laughs> are, are worlds apart. You know, it, it, they're probably not that different physically, but they're worlds apart because of A, the system, and B, the, the, the fact that Joe Burrow has elite playmaking. You know, he's got a top two or three core of guys, maybe even one of guys around him that can amplify him. Right. So you see that over and over and over again. That was one of my big concerns. Like what is Nico Collins and tank Dell? Like, you know, what Robert Woods, I mean, I, mean, what, what is that? You know, I thought there was a chance Dalton Schultz would be their leading receiver coming into the season. Um, so that all gave me a lot of pause. The same, the same concern was true for, for Bryce young. Uh, and they don't have first round picks by the way, next year. Right. So there's not a clear way for them for this to change. Well, now we've seen actually with Houston, they have a really good offensive scheme and they've got playmakers, which I didn't think was going to be the case. So that's certainly interesting um, in, in helping him perform to a level that I wasn't sure. You know, I, I think I was a little bit more bullish on CJ Stroud than you were coming out of the draft. Um, and I'm a little bit more, um, they're all just pretty much the same. You like to pick a little bit more favorites among quarterbacks than I do. Um, and one means more than two. I think more than more to you than it does to me. He was so, Well, no, but he was the cheapest of the right. three, which is typically with Richardson going high and Bryce Young having 101 and going higher generally. Yeah. 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 So that's, I mean, that's, yeah. And I, I again, I, I think that we talked about this on, on after hours as well, like, using them as assets as well. Like now, you know, do you need to stay here and see, like you've seen enough reveal from, from CJ Stroud, right? Seven and a half yards per attempt, four touchdowns through three games. You know, it's, he's averaging 302 yards a game, <laughs> yeah. right? You've seen, an, you've seen that. Okay. Well, that's a good reveal. But now I think the play is like, okay, can I, does that get me, you know, does that get me to burrow, right? Does that get me up a level right. of, of, of turning the page from a guy? Okay. This is interesting. This is an asset to a certainty, right? I think that's, um, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. The progression uh, or the translation that this equals, you know, long-term dynasty stalwart and, mm -hmm. and, and stud or progression to even greater heights with CJ Stroud. The one thing I wanted to highlight from his profile, and again, he's got a lot of positives and we typically see, I'm not going to say trash, but we typically see low level stuff from passing wise from rookie quarterbacks. That that's, that's the common theme. Here's one thing that I, I track both of these things separately, but when there's divergence, there's rare, I'll say this long-term there's rarely divergence. So one of these two things has to give. So he's got four touchdowns over zero interceptions. So looking at that rate and the, that ratio, he's got two big time throws and four turnover worthy plays. That negative ratio is very uncommon to see over a larger sample size with playing quote unquote clean. You know, a lot of people that that look at uh, box scores, they're going to see four over zero and they're not going to see balls that go into harm's way, you know, and they're not going to see like, 
Like it's very uncommon to have four turnover worthy plays and zero picks. What that means is he's been lucky. He's been fortunate, you know? And so he's also one that he's not a big runner. And so that is something that I mentioned with Trevor Lawrence, something I've mentioned with a few, you know, Joe Burrow to some degree, but that does limit your ceiling. You know, that if you don't run enough, you have to be really, really good. And so be careful. Just those two things are the things that I would monitor. He's not, I don't think the rushing thing's ever going to come around. So he has to be really effing good as a pastor. So be really careful with anointing him. And he's getting close to anointment, right? I mean, he's going, yes. like, he's now valued near Tua. He's near Anthony Richardson. He's getting, like you said, he's Burrow adjacent. Like he's probably in that mm-hmm. next grouping. And this is a dangerous ground to rise that quickly with those two things. Again, let's see what happens, you know, but, exp- and the schedule turns for him too. Like the last couple of weeks, it hasn't been overly difficult and it's going to get a little more difficult. You know, he's got the Steelers, the Saints, you know, coming up as well. And so let's see what happens because the Ravens were a good test for him in week one, didn't do that well. So just be, keep in mind all these factors. And, and I always say you have options when, when someone rises, you have options and it doesn't mean you have to trade them. But if you don't, at least you're not at least curious about what the Stroud burrow differential is or Stroud to whoever in the top six, eight quarterbacks that you like, if you're not even curious about that, then I would say, you know, you, you kind of get what you deserve if he ends up receding back or, you know, doesn't become the guy that you think he is or the last two weeks he's kind of pointed towards or whatever impressions you're getting in the early small sample size. Because you'll if you rewind and rearview mirror this, you could get into a spot where you realize, man, I had something. You know, I had it. You know, I had it. I was close. I didn't even send the offers to find out because, you know, we mentioned with Burrow, if he's unstartable and CJ Stroud is very startable and he's young and vibrant and who knows where this is going, if you try that 10 times with something on the plus, again, they they sh- they will be listening to some capacity. And if it doesn't happen this week, give a couple more burrow clunkers and, <laughs> and see where you are. So time, right? Time in season and a couple more losses cure a lot of these things. Yes, it does. Uh, a non-quarterback, uh, Najee Harris. We talk about, you know, crossroads. We talk about profile. We also talk about uh, players that can, you know, Burrow right now might be an arbitrage, uh, sorry, uh, an albatross on your, on your, like, do you feel comfortable starting him? Legitimate question. Najee Harris is right there too. Like his start rate this past week, I didn't understand it. Like, how can you start him at 70 something percent clip when it's like a firm committee and he's just like his avenue to get 15 points. It seems such a stretch. So is he going to really test you in terms of this round one running back versus, you know, optics usage and when is the, walk out of this cave it's a good question uh this offense by the way you mentioned guys with uh lots of turnover worthy plays and not um uh and not a lot of production you know and and um and and you know the bad ratio by the way kenny pickett even worse right i mean but brock purdy you know is basically the same profile it's interesting that that stroud was in that thing and then you of course you bring up uh you bring up pickett and it's just the difference between those guys it just shows you what the difference in the office the same as garoppolo too garoppolo is 204 and he's thrown six picks correct so it's like you could have six picks right now if you're stroud what's his storyline versus garoppolo it's like oh my god get aiden o'connell get in there 
You yeah. can't get him out. Where's the hook on this guy? And then CJ Stroud, we're just applauding, right? Yeah, for sure. So I, I do think that this offense is is uh it's in it's not in great shape. Uh and so what's curious to me, um, I think maybe the biggest news of this would be I'm I'm in the sell Jalen Warren aspect of this right i probably have i I might even have more jalen warren than i do have uh of course you do of (laughs) of course we have more backups than the starter jordan i would love to see these depth charts that you you have less you have fewer (laughs) shares of the backup yeah so um, yeah so i mean that's uh, but it's interesting like you look at some stuff like um by the way yards uh so far in the season, uh, yards per attempt, four for Najee Harris, 3.2 for Jalen Warren. Yards after contact, by the way, 3.4 for Najee Harris, 2.7 for Jalen Warren. Let's not let facts get in the way of a good argument. Uh, you know, uh, twice as many force missed tackles. You know, it's about that's about right. That's what you would expect. Uh, Najee Harris, by the way, uh, f- uh, four runs of more than 15 yards. Uh, that actually is uh, 56% of his rushing yards comes on those plays zero percent for Jalen Warren so you can sort of dump on Najee Harris and you can sort of dump on all of that but don't let facts get in the way of a good (laughs) of of a good narrative narrative. and so that's the thing that's interesting with me now it's it it seems to me that the you know him as a dynasty assets going in in a downward direction it seems to me that the same thing is true in Pittsburgh's mindset right, that they are moving away from him, which of course is curious given the fact that all of the metrics point to him being better this year than Jalen Warren. That's almost one of the things that that concerns me a little bit more, right? That's that because that indicates to me that there's some information that we don't know that's causing them to treat him differently. That would be, I think, the concerning part about, about Najee Harris. The good news is, is he's falling to a point where some of these sells, I mean, you sell him for a third round pick, you know, you sell him for you know, a second plus, you know, you can get Harrison something else maybe for a second. Like you are getting to the point of, I mean, what are you hoping to get with that pick? You know, right. and, and, and the other thing is look at DeAndre Swift, right? I mean, he was ushered out quickly from his exist and he, he goes, excuse me, he goes to a good team, you know, and I think that's very um, instructive to running backs are, are fickle business, you know, the offensive line. Like when you start reading those, you know, before contact, after contact, Again, before contact is, yeah, I mean, the the burst running backs are going to have a little higher, but man, that's an offensive line stat, right? I mean, you go over to football outsiders, like I remember years ago, like looking at and getting geeky with all that. I mean, the way they calculate offensive line stuff, it's, uh, you know, it's inside of, what was it, inside of 10 yards, 15 yards, like that's an offensive line stat. And then beyond that is more of a running back stat, you know, like what, who's, who's responsible for creating those yards, but not, not to get super geeky, but like, again, Najee Harris is the same type of just, you know, you're, you're betting his comps like are still pretty good. You know, that you're getting to a point where a lot of them still beyond this point. And I know it's hard to see right now and you have to kind of look beyond this year because it's not going well. And you have to ask yourself what's going to change, but he still has a lot of outs to put up at least one top 24 season. And I know that's hard to imagine right now, but He's being traded for, again, low probabilities for some of these players that uh, have very minimal hopes to ever do that. And I'm not going to say, we actually talked about on uh, After Hours, just about the whole, like, you you can get a, a marketplace that Najee Harris is not ever going to get back up. Like, this is it. Like, he's not, like, he's never going to be back to being like a top five to eight dynasty running back. Like, that's just not happening. It's done. It's over. 
that that book has been written. It's folded up. The spine is going to be in perfect condition and you're going to put it on the bookshelf. So just know that you have to play Najee Harris almost from the, you have to know that there's a limited market ceiling on him going forward, but that's independent of his utility for your team and what the the bet you're making, as you like to say. Yeah. And actually, if you sort of look at the rest of his stats as well, like it's almost the receiving stuff, 48 routes, only two yards. Like that's a disaster. Right. That's, well, that's not hard what to we do. thought. Right. That's, that's almost impossible to do. Yeah. It's like point is point oh something like point oh four. Like I can't yeah. remember. I just looked yeah, at point oh four. Yeah. So point oh four is like, again, that's point oh four higher than you and I, and we're not even playing. <laughs> like yeah. that, that's really hard to do. It's a lot so, of wind sprints. Like, you can yeah. say he's not, not good or not as good as, you know, the, the capital spent or X, Y, Z, but these are pretty rarefied things to say that any functional NFL running back is this bad independent on his complete own, you know, in a right. good or average situation or whatever. Right. All right. By uh, the way, yeah. uh, just one, just, just to close the loop on this yeah. of, of the 58 qualifiers uh, in the NFL, uh, Najee Harris ranks 11th in yards after contact. And he mm-hmm. ranks third in the percentage of his yards that come on breakaway runs, which are uh, gains of 15 or more yards. So yeah. it has not been a problem of, right. of explosiveness and of, of missing tackles. It has been a situational problem. The Again, box score thing. Yeah. Whether Again, they're you blaming him for that and... is another story, but I would say that like, I don't think that the, I don't think that the problems I, I, he hasn't eroded as a player right? in, in terms of like the, some of the physical stuff that you would worry about. So I'm, I, I still think, there's a bounce back and i you know if he falls in price that means he's more uh capable of being acquired absolutely uh got a saucy did i get enough this week um this is one that i was trying to use thematic elements of what can tempt you with patrick mahomes and i think i found one so here we go Superflex, of course patrick mahomes for jalen hurts and dak prescott so Jalen Hurts is performing under expectation, which is interesting. Um, and so is Dak Prescott. So it feels like you're by you're selling Mahomes, uh, and you're basically selling them for two guys that are a bit underpriced, which I I find interesting. Um, you ha- the only way you do this, right? The only way you tempt yourself to consider to do this is if you're starting like Mahomes and. Aaron Rodgers, right? If that was what you came into this, like that has sure. to be what this team is doing, right? It's the only way that that's what you're, that's what you're doing. Um, but wouldn't you go about QB two a different way? Like, I wouldn't probably you would. like go after Gino, go after Purdy, go after, I mean, just go after somebody else, right? Yeah. Poke, I, poke all those buttons. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think so. You don't divest from one to two, right? But I did think it's part an of interesting me, construct, right? It's an interesting would, contract. Would someone be willing to do? Yeah. Would someone be willing to do like Hertz and Herbert? No, you know what I mean. Like you how you can't do that, right? Like you can't. Like you, 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 can't you have that. to take that side if you're. But yeah, like you have to trade Mahomes for that, right? Like, well, uh, I know so that's the line, but how far down would you go on that second name? See what I mean? Like right. so, I want to start at the obvious and then work our way down. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, Dak. So I was looking at some of the stuff on Dak. Uh, I don't think the system has been that bad, actually. There's been a lot of questions and comments and concerns about that. Like their actual success rate when they throw on first down is like 
really, really good. The problem is that they're running too much on first down is actually the problem in this week's game. Um, and when you look actually at his stats, uh, it like he's the worst underperformer. And right? I talked about Burrow. It's actually Dak Prescott that's the worst relative to where, I mean, he's fourth in expected points per drop back. And he's performing at 20th in points per drop back, right? So I do think some of that is some variance. I think some of that's probably, you know, he's, you know, it's just, it's three weeks in. Um, and I think some of it as well as like, just the volume isn't that high. Cause there was some weird games in there as well. Uh, you know, he's, for example, he's dropped back to pass uh, 28 times less than CJ Stroud has through three games. That's an impressive feat, right? That's a big difference. So I do think some of that's going in there with Dak and he's probably more of a buy low. I don't know if I would necessarily, I would probably say, Hey, to the, to the guy that is doing this trade, you know, what can I give you for Dak that isn't involving Mahomes, right? I mean, I think that that would be, you know, this seems like it's cheap Dak. Let's come at it at a different way would sort of be my thought on this. Yep. No, I, I completely agree. And I think that, again, if you've got depth problems at quarterback, actually address the depth. You don't divest from your your Oracle guy. You know, mm-hmm. that, that I mean, this this sounds really nice, but we're also one of the highest people on Dak Prescott out there. The market is not really as such. And again, if you go, well, it's Dak, or I'm going to go after Cousins or Goff or Gino, or again, we can probably list seven or eight guys that's like, well, just go after that for your QB too, if you've got questions. Because that's the first thing you said. You said, well, this has to be someone with Mahomes and nothing else at quarterback, right? Like you wouldn't do this if you had Mahomes and I don't know, Mahomes and Watson. Like you wouldn't try to get three guys, right? Right. You'd rather get the best two you can. Yes. Agreed. When in doubt, get the best two you can yes. and good on this other team. Right. I mean, they go, Hey, maybe I question Dak ceiling, maybe hurts, you know, how's this going to translate the next three to five years? Let me just get Mahomes. You know, let me just, and I'll, and you know what? Good on them. If they have hurts Dak and not much else at quarterback, because they're like, they're going to do exactly what we just said. And I'll fix the rest. I'll fix the other thing in a different, different way. All right, we got two other ancillary deals. Wanted to include one that is Jerome Ford centric in Superflex. We got Jerome Ford and Cortland Sutton for a 25 first. You take a first every single day in this situation, <laughs> right? Like he, yeah. there's nothing near a, a top 30 asset. You take that deal every day, right? Uh, uh, you, yeah. you, you, uh, you get up in the morning hoping that deals like this are in your inbox. Yeah. Well, no, go, go make them. Go right. make these deals. Right. Go, go, I, I know, They're never accepted you know, you when can, I make them. But yeah. I know you can. I know you can sit here and you can say Jerome Ford was a critical element. I won by eleven points this week, and he put up seventeen or eighteen or whatever. But just know, there's multiple risk factors that could happen immediately or in the near term, and it could be an injury to Jerome Ford. It's not a zero percent outcome that Kareem Hunt is the one A at some point this season, and either of those things mean that this deal will never, ever, ever happen to you ever. And it may, and you may get one more good game. You may get five more good games. You may get the most, most or all of the season, but the first is liquid gold and you can turn that into whatever you want. So it's found money. How much do we talk about Jerome Ford stashing him before the season? I mean, back in last December, we talked about the contract situation. What's funny is they actually brought back Kareem Hunt. I think that, I find that fascinating that Kareem Hunt was the linchpin for him getting the number two job and getting all the way to this point to be worth a first. And now he comes back. And wouldn't it be circular if Kareem Hunt ends up taking it all away in, in a month? So Ford is, I mean, sorry, uh, Hunt is already up to the number two job. 
He just got there. Yes. <laughs> well, just got back there. He still has locker, to be fair. All <laughs> right. Uh, we got one more. Superflex, and we got Brandon Ayuk for DeAndre Swift and a third. This is funny because both of these guys were like down in the offseason and now they're up and it's like now yeah. they're kind of being traded. They're traded in parallel yep, rises. Exactly. It's interesting. Pretty straight across, yeah. Um, do you believe in <laughs> Swift? Right? Has your has your opinion on Swift changed? Would be, I guess, the question that I would have. Well, I'm just surprised he wasn't out this week or you know, just <laughs> from that that workload a week ago. Um I find it interesting that it was a relatively like everyone is really on Swift. And yet this week it was a pretty even split when you look at a lot of the the Gainwell Swift utility in that backfield utilization. And it was a lot closer than anyone would kind of optically take away from that game. And the other thing is, is Swift a workhorse? Swift is operating behind the, you know, I mean, they're, they're rolling trucks through some of those holes. And I just, he's not catching balls. I'm pointing out a lot of the negative stuff. This is all to say that to me, this is the exact type of trade that I look to do because I get running backs. I procure them. I collect them. I shine them. And then when Jerome Ford strikes or when, you know, someone like DeAndre Swift puts up two good games, I turn that into a wide receiver. I like, and I like Ayuk. Um, I like him more than most. Um, I like him. You know, I, I think that, that trio in San Francisco, the moment one of them goes down, the other two look a whole a heck of a lot better for lineups. And again, I think he's a good player. And I think you're going to, over the macro of the next 24 months, there's going to be a lot more stability in Brandon Ayuk. And I would love the idea of sitting there and I like my wide receiver core right now, but Ayuk now slots cozily into like my number four spot or my five spot. And now it's like, I don't ever have to think about you know, anything buys injuries. I can play, you know, I can be in my lineup, not be in my lineup, whatever. And I just, I don't trust the staying power of DeAndre Swift. That I guess would be my conclusionary statement that two weeks, good workload. He changed teams for a song, relatively speaking, and he's still there splitting time with, you know, the, the, the golden boy there in Philadelphia that they love, which is Kenny Gainwell. And I just, it's fickle business. I just think the pop-up running back like this is fickle business. And it's interesting because he comes from good pedigree. Yeah. Right. So you wouldn't think he'd be a pop-up guy, but uh, to both of us, like we've seen so much of the, these DeAndre Swift, like spike couple of moments. games, the, the DeAndre Swift moments. And then it's, it's six weeks of not that, right? Like he had 28 carries in week two. He had 16 in week uh in yep. week three that ranks by the way second and tied for third in his career in carries in a game so 28 is the second most 16 <laughs> is the third most wait, wait, wait. that's that that's hilarious 16 yes. is the third he most. Had 16 carries in a game in 2020 wow uh, when they played uh and in D- Detroit played Washington and then um this is the second time in, in college I would just I would just carries. I would just put the whole prism on this. I mean again Georgia not a workhorse and they just used him a lot and now he's not getting used as a receiver. We know they like Gainwell as a receiver and this is not an offense that's just you know using running backs hyper efficiently. I just I don't know. I it's his fifth and fourth best rushing yard games of his career in the last two weeks. Like 
do you believe four years yeah. in that that's going to continue? Yeah. And by the way, his like his 10th best game, right? So the top two of his best four games have been in the last two weeks. His 10th best game to give you an idea, 64 yards. On a guy <laughs> so... that, again, I would go back to this, that the other team, his previous team was like, get out of here. And then yeah. they spend a first round pick on a running back. Yes. Agreed. And they, and they pay David Montgomery. Yes. And they're like, Swift, get out of here. Not saying that can happen in the nomadic world of running back, but him turning into like a full year thing would be pretty surprising. Yes. From that outcome. And the Eagles, what do they like to do? Miss, mix and match. Would you not be surprised in the December if you have a two game stretch where Boston Scott is doing this? Would I would shock me. <laughs> nope. They're saving Rashad Penny for the playoffs. Something's that that, you know, going mean, on. <laughs> no, but. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm ron burgundy okay so so that said do you think it's fair would you take Ayuk? do you not really care i think i'd take Ayuk. okay um, i know you're not i know you're not in love with this but yeah i, I think i'd take Ayuk. it's and more of an thing, like, on swift isn't this what you do right you trade running back depth yes you trade running back for a wide receiver a wide receiver solution and and then go pick up another running back exactly Go pick up Boston Scott. Right. It's just hard when you start attaching names to it. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's where I think it gets confusing, but this is like, if you do this a hundred times out of a hundred, right. It's, you're going to come ahead by taking the outside of this. Yeah. It's a, it's a portfolio method, right? I mean, you do this deal and guess what? Even if you try to do this deal and say you have Swift in three leagues, you're, you're not going to get it done in all three. So you're naturally going to have some level of, you know, portfolio balancing of like, well, I wasn't able, it's not that I have no shares of Jerome Ford anymore, even though I shopped them a lot last week, you know, so you, it's hard to really like get rid of everybody. If they're not a cut yeah. player, it's hard to actually trade all shares of a certain player. So yeah, he, man, he has some stepping stone opportunities this week for sure. All right. Uh, Jordan, what's on the premium side of dynasty think tank this week over yeah. at patreon.com slash dynasty think tank. So we had some really good uh, discussion right off the bat this week in after hours talking quarterbacks. It's funny because in, in the offseason after hours, we talk a lot of non-football stuff. It's instantly when you and I get on a call in the uh, in the offseason, it's or in the in the regular season, it's all about football. <laughs> just we're locked right in. So that's uh that that's over there good quarterback discussion as well um and then in the deeper dive this week we're going deep on four players that we're not sure right we're each bringing two guys we don't know what to feel about and i think it's going to be a really interesting discussion um i know what yours are and i'm super excited to talk about especially one of them hey there you go uh so again you don't want to miss that on the premium side over at patreon.com slash tiny think tank as always, thanks for listening to this free episode every single week of Dynasty Think Tank. You can follow us on Twitter at Chad Parsons NFL and at McNamara Dynasty. Plus, we have our own Dynasty content streams over there at analyticsofdynasty.com and uthdynasty.com. As always, unlock your ceiling and seek elite results.